Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Idea Behind. I'm your host, Shina Rudinda, back with another special. Now, I just wanted to talk about February 2022. I hear they call it the love season. And honestly, it's been so beautiful seeing people give love and receive love. And I wish every day was love season because it makes the world a little more, you know, colorful and less crazy. I mean, I've seen all around the world restrictions going down, protests going up. You know, the world seems to be so confused. And the little we can give is just about pushing ourselves and giving love. So I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day, wonderful love season, you know, with your loved ones and the people around you. And I hope you keep spreading the cheer and the flowers. (laughs) So today's episode. Now, all these episodes tend to impact me personally, and I hope they do the same for you. I just want to thank everyone who takes their time to give me feedback, to listen to the podcast that I put out, because honestly, I'm living for that. (laughs) I'm lucky living for that. So I'll just go ahead and get straight into this episode. This is a, a world changer. Let's call it that. And you'll know why at the end of it. But yeah, I'll go ahead and uh, introduce my guest or, or, I mean, let him introduce himself and tell us a little more about himself. Hi, guys. Hello. Um, I'm DJ Dizzle. Government name is Derek. Uh, my surname is Mutambuka. I'm a 23-year-old male living in London, uh, UK, Originally from Rwanda, born in Burundi, and um, that's just about it, really. How are you? That's pretty interesting. I'm doing good. Thank you so much. Now, you've given me so many names, but I'm going to stick to the one I know, because I think it's the one I can pronounce. (laughs) I know you by Derek, so I'm going to go with Derek. That's cool. That's cool. But before we even start, can I ask you if it's possible to get to get me a non-government name, just asking, like, you know, I need one, you know, because I find it so cool when someone introduces themselves, like you just did, you said you're DJ Diesel, but your government name, hey, must be nice. You know what, I'm not even going to take full credit for DJ Diesel, you know, someone, someone just decided to say Diesel because it doesn't even rhyme with Derek, I was like, what name should I go for? Blood, I had some mad names when I was mm-hmm. thinking. I was thinking Dizzy. I was mm-hmm. thinking D-Dog. I was thinking... You know, so I'm not the best person to ask. I, 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 like, what, what would I give you, you know? I yeah. don't know. I don't, I do- I'm not the best person to ask because Dizzy didn't <laughs> even come from me. That came from someone else. And I was reminded that um, not too long ago when... I was speaking to that person, so I'm not really the best person to ask for a non-government name. But you should have one. You should have one. Like, what was your nickname at school? Did you have a nickname Yo. at school? <laughs> you don't want to no. relive that, do you? You know, I wish I wish it was like that, but that never happened. I never even had a nickname in my family, one that I would like to disclose anyway. That's okay. for my family people. But it it had nothing to do with my name. And then when yeah. I grew up, you know, I tried some things here and there. 
and uh, nothing was working. So I just stuck with Sheena. It's hard enough. <laughs> but you know what? Your name is beautiful as it is. You know, you don't need to change it. Your name thank is one you. Of the best names thank you, Derek. Thank you. Thank you like, so if much. If I have a daughter, if I ever have the opportunity to have a daughter, I really think if it's not the first, it would definitely be a middle name. Your name so you is just, just it's, I, it's, mm, I love it. I love it. So we I just want to put it out it. there. We just want to put it out there that you have declared that your your child's name is going to be Sheena. Oh God, this is this is recorded this as is well. A contract, Jesus. you know, this oh is on you. <laughs> that's up to done? yeah. That's you. You just did that. But yeah, okay. <laughs> My mouth. Let's let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. It's okay. I, I won't hold you to that, but I'll remind you. I'll remind you about it. But it's okay. It's whatever. If it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll continue. So Derek, DJ Diesel, tell us a little about yourself, you know. Um... So um, as I said while introducing myself, I'm a DJ, mm-hmm. 23, living in London. Um, I was born in a little country called Burundi in East Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, but because my mother is Rwandese, I moved back with her when I moved back to Sorry about that. I moved That's back okay. uh, with her when I was an infant. So as soon as we got out of the hospital, the birth was done correctly and all safely. I moved back to Rwanda with her. So ever since, well, a baby, I've only known Rwanda's home. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the only country I've known as home. So, yeah, I was raised in Rwanda until 2005, at the age of seven, where my father decided to bring us over. Me and um, there were two brothers at the time, me, my two brothers, and his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, We moved over here in England in 2005, as I just said. And ever since I've lived here, bar the time I came to visit my mother in 2010, where you and I first met, um, lived there for another five years. And then ever since I've came back here, uh, no, ever since I've came back, ever since uh, I've lived here. So yeah. that's 2015 I came back in January. So I've lived here since then. And um, yeah, that's me. That's quite the life, you know. It is. I've been all over the place. I've never been able to call somewhere home for more than five years. Now I think about it, you know what I mean? I've never been able to say, this is home. Yeah. Like when you ask me where I'm from, I will give you five different locations. <laughs> like but, that's how much I've moved around so much in my life. But, but I think I think that 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 um that helps with your personality or whoever you're 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 to become, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It affects you a big time. I mean, uh, we're all what? How do they call it? Do they say we're all passengers in life or something like that? Hmm. You're literally just traveling through life. That's all. You know. That says a lot. Yeah, it mm-hmm. does. It so, does. It does. So, um, Derek. Yes. Being a DJ, something you you dreamt of becoming straight out of your mom's womb, or you know, just came through during that time. You know, there's a phase everybody goes through, and they're you know they're deciding, oh my god, how am I gonna make it out of you know the humble home? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. Um. So growing up. I wanted mm-hmm. to be a soldier like every other kid. I used to is look at what, the army. Is that what kids want to be? Soldiers? Well, some men. I wouldn't. Oh. I, I won't speak for girls because mm-hmm. that's not the gender I am. But 
as a boy, you want to be in the police or the army. Well, that, well that's what I wanted to be anyway. I used yeah. to look at parades. Mm-hmm. I used to look at um, things like that and just be fascinated by it. And I'll be on my TV screen, like literally like a little kid watching cartoons. But I'll be watching yeah. soldiers scream. But one of them would be, <laughs> one of them would be shouting his name like off. And I'd be thinking, mm, what wow. would I be like in one of those uniforms? What would I be like with a gun? At mm-hmm. the time, you know, watching a gun was like literally looking at gold. I was like, oh, okay. But then when I grew up, it just faded out of me. And then I wanted to become a DJ. Um, yeah. DJ, I started the thought of being, well, the thought of being one, came to my mind back in 2014 2013 when I was like watching shows where I would be seeing DJs on um, TV and mm-hmm. then back at home there's DJs on the streets do you know those DJs on the streets yeah I'd be look, I'd be going past them and I'd be seeing people giving flash disc memory cards they'll be playing music playing films and yeah, you know movies, I, I wanted yeah. to go into that but that wasn't really in England. Like, when I came back, mm-hmm. you'd never find it. And before I moved back to Rwanda, I had never seen a bit disc burner. You, like, you're not in Europe, but where you are, you don't see disc burners, do you? No. So I came, at, I, came at, I came at the wrong time. I don't even think... Yeah, I didn't get the chance to do that. But yeah. back home, I think it still happens, right? Um, yeah. I not, would have to check. A lot, but it still does happen. It still does happen because you pay tax for it. Yeah. You know, I went into it and I looked into it and you pay tax for it. So something that's payful, like that's something that's paying tax, it's -hmm. not just going to get rid of, you know what I mean? It wasn't just illegal, like selling. You used to pay tax for it. So anyway, um, I would look at DJs burning discs and it wouldn't be where I want to be because I didn't see it in Europe. And mm. I didn't see it as something career like that would get me to big places. It wouldn't get me to David Ketter as a disc burner. Right. So next to the place I used to hang a lot around a lot where they used to burn the disc, there used to be like a gadget shop. Mm. And in that shop, there used to be DJ decks from all ranges, from yeah. small ones to big ones where you play venue that de- like not decks like speakers there used mm. to be like there used to be dj equipment so there will be speakers there will be turntables there will be you know there will be all sorts of gadgets and then because of my love of music i just decided to be a dj i looked at being a producer it was a lot i looked at being a singer but i thought i'd be ruining people's ears so i thought what else can i do in the music industry and then that's when i decided to become a dj yeah Mm. I think I moved a little too quick, you know, to get into your whole your whole um, <laughs> decision of becoming. But yeah. I just wanted to first, you know, kind of go back a little bit and, you know, just tell us a little. Of course, I'm hinting that you should start by uh, where we met, because, you know, yeah. we all went, we all chose different paths after that, you know. Um, yeah, we did everybody everybody changed so like from the time i met you which was i think 2010 2011 2011 2010 2010 yeah yeah oh that's a long time ago i don't even account for anything i say that time yeah i don't think it counts but yeah 
yeah um when so can you repeat that sorry about that oh that, that's so 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 sorry about that um that's, that's okay um, i was just saying i want to just spoil it for you i want to do a spoiler so there was a spoiler i'm currently Already? yeah there's a spoiler yeah <laughs> i'm currently in a hospice so there will be ins and outs of nurses so please oh. forgive me when that does happen oh that's a, that's a good disclaimer that's good to know yeah that's good so can you ask me the question again <laughs> yeah we'll get to the, you see now you you just diverted me from the whole thing oh, no. oh, but don't no, worry no. i'll bring you, I, I don't even think that matters anymore but hey i'll ask you again yeah i was actually asking when um in 2010 because that's when you said we first met yes um of course, things changed. We were just, I don't, I, I was saying I can't be accountable for anything I ever said at that age. Because, you know, it was yeah. 2010. <laughs> yeah. And so, how? okay, tell me um, how you moved from 2010. Because I know things changed. You were, I think you were in grade six. You were a grade ahead of me. So this, you know, when we talk about these grades and I see yeah. my little sister in such a grade, I don't even believe we were the same age because the thought process that we had mm-hmm. during those times and the, it's kind of different, you know, it's different times. Definitely. So, so how, tell me what was Derek's journey after that year? So Derek's journey after 2010 was, I basically went to, um, after Excel, I went to a school called Spice. So St. Paul International School from senior one. Um, I did that. Yeah. Uh, did all the three terms that you do in Rwanda, or yeah. is it to remind me it's three, right? It's three. It's three. Yeah. Some did all those three terms. Yeah. Some Went to S two at College of Midasamfa. No, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry, that's a lie. Did two terms at Saint Paul International School. The third was at College of Midasamfa. I did that. Then after that, I really kind of let school go a bit because I wanted to go into mechanics. Don't mm. ask how I wanted to do it. Don't ask me what I wanted to do. But academically, let me just be honest because I'm an honest person. I wasn't really at the top. Yeah. I wasn't really, studying wasn't, I wasn't a focused person. I mm. was always the joker. I was always messing around at school. I was always, you know, it was, I was polite, but I was always the joker. You could tell yeah. that studying wasn't my priority. So did a bit of mechanic, um, somewhere called the Mira uh, Mechanical Engineering School. Mm-hmm. Um, did that because there's a certain time in your educational life where you can get out of school, not continue school and continue learning mechanics if you want to be a mechanic, chef if you want to, like cooking if you want to be a chef. Yeah. Tourism, if you want to go into tourism, things like that. So mm-hmm. when that happened after St. Paul, I went into that and then did that for a year. And then that's when I came back to the UK. And that went to 2015. That's when I came back to the UK. And um, yeah, I was doing mechanics. Wasn't really into it, but I was scoring a lot of grades because I was, mm. it was something that was like um the theory was good but actually doing it it was so amazing watching car parts being moved watching the engine being worked on like 
it's it's the kind of study where it's not a one man's job to do every mm. little thing in a car. Mm. So mm. you used to know every little thing. So the person that would do the engine mm. wouldn't work on the um, electric side of it. People that right. would do electric won't do the wheels. People that do the windows won't do, you know, like that. So every little every little thing on a car is done by one person. Not one person can do everything. It's mm. little by little. Like every little detail is someone's profession. So I was I was into it when I started it. I wasn't into it when I was doing it. Um, yeah. When I was the proposed the idea. It. But there was nothing else I could do at the time in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Here, it's the same as Rwanda. There's a certain time at school where you can go, I don't want to continue, I want to go to college. Here yeah. you can go to college, and that's what I did do when I came back to England. Here you can do college, but there I was doing mechanics because it was one of the one of the things that were available, let's say. I was only mm-hmm. doing it because it was one of the available things to do. And it was fun when I was doing it. I really liked to do it. And I used to stay behind. I never did that at school. I never did that at school. Like, homework was staying behind and watching mechanics. Because at the same time, it was a working garage where the yeah. school was. So I used to stay behind and watch people work. And I just loved it. I just, I, it's something I wouldn't do now. But mm-hmm. I definitely loved it. And, yeah, that's where my life kind of headed after that did mechanics and then I came back to the UK in 2015 and then do you want me to continue no I am listening so it's a big CV I can't yeah, lie yeah, to you I'm still stuck so, on your but wait just give me a second I just wanted okay. to um, shine light on your ambition you know yeah, yeah I'm not saying this just to kind of touch your horn no mm-hmm. I, I'm saying this because you know um I'm not encouraging anything or, uh, you know, anybody, but for you, right, Mm -hmm. you kind of, um, you know, let's say, let's call it, you know what you want, you know, Mm -hmm. and that takes ambition. And of course, you're going to get to where that comes from. I'm sure it came Mm -hmm. from, you know, a big place, but Mm -hmm. uh, being able to stand up and on your own feet and say, you know what? this is this thing is not working for me because you know you're yeah. given, you can only give in so many tries you know and there's so many things to try in the world before exactly. you, you you know you you hit the jackpot and i think that's a that's a pretty good thing i yeah. applaud you for your ambition but yes please Thank continue you. tell me more yeah um so on to that just going backwards um it was as you know back mm-hmm. at home Mm-hmm. you get um school grades we sat down as a family because my father lives in england and he knows all about this he knows that there's college here that yeah. there's university you know he basically knows the this like the educational side of how it goes not mm-hmm. everyone's academically clever don't let anyone like don't let anyone fool you not everyone's academically clever and the millionaires and billionaires out here I can tell you that there are some people that didn't finish just because Mark Zuckerberg went on to become this genius that created Facebook and he was a student. It doesn't mean that everyone else has to follow that lead. It's Mm -hmm. what you love the most. If you go to school and you don't see yourself achieving things after you've learned the basics, Mm -hmm. you have to just go, listen, dad and mom, 
this is where I see myself. It's not sat at home. It's not something that I'm going to be like, raise me until death. It's something that will earn me my own money. Can I please study it? Because the more your parents decide to put you how they grow up, the, the, more more it, you. the more it gets worse. So my parents were like, you know what? Let's do something else. Let's try something else. And it changed from being the last at school to being in the top 10 at the mechanics yeah. out of 50 yeah. students. So it was something that was good. It was a good move. It definitely done good for me because I was actually doing something I love. I wasn't waking up every morning going, oh, God. I'm having to this do again. this. <laughs> I'm having to, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like, oh my God. I definitely did miss school. And I would mm. encourage people to stay at school, learn your basic English, learn your basic math, learn your basic, um, you know. All the skills you need. All the skills up, you up need in life. You life. definitely need yeah. that. Out there in the world, it will teach you things, but there are things in school that will teach you to live in that world. Mm-hmm. You get me? And I had mm-hmm. learned all of that back in primary and in secondary in S1. But it got to the stage where I needed to learn something else because what I was doing, I wasn't liking. The only thing I liked in school was history. And remember when we used to study entertainment? What is it here? I I don't know what you would call it because it's not definitely good. No, not entertainment, entrepreneurship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those are the only two subjects I loved, entrepreneurship and history. I didn't even love English. So... Um, once I learned that, I just felt that there was nothing else I needed in school. I wouldn't definitely encourage people to leave school, but I would say follow your dream, follow what you want to do. If you now it's there's a variety. Back then it was mechanics or hospitality. Now yeah. there's a variety of things that you can do. So please follow your dream. Don't be like, oh, I have to study. I have to go to university. I have to know. There's definitely different things you can do and you can be successful in doing it. So, yeah, that was Rwanda and I did that and I kind of changed course when I moved to England. Yeah. Yeah. How was, I mean, that's a big move. You know, I know you already yeah. did it when you were younger, but yeah, at that I was age, living there. things mm-hmm. were different. You know, it was, you were in a whole was. different phase. There yes. were so many things around you. So, yeah, how, yes. was, how was the big move? Um, moving back to England wasn't really that major. I missed it. I definitely missed McDonald's. I missed KFC. <laughs> there wasn't KFC in Rwanda at that time. Yeah. I definitely missed McDonald's, the food. Um, I definitely didn't miss the coldness, the weather. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because it was <laughs> winter when I came back. January, it's winter time, right? Mm-hmm. I came back without even a coat on. I was freezing. Let me tell you that. I came in and it was minus one degree that day. May I was shaking at Heathrow. It was like I had drugs in my back. I was <laughs> shaking. I was shaking. It was like I had drugs. I swear to God, I'm not. I, I like. I, I'm surprised how they didn't stop me in like fully, yeah. fully, fully searching my bags because I, I mean, was the cold shaking. will do that to you. It was a cold. It was yeah. definitely the cold. And yeah, I came back. Went to my dad's house, um, lived there for a bit, lived with my auntie. And then um, when I was there, they put me in college. When I went to college, I did IT. And I finished that. I did all three levels. I did all three levels, finished that, finished. Yeah. um, Learning that and um, 
got I've actually got like um, qualifications in IT, so I'm in front of a computer. I could do anything, anything, anything you want me to do. I can do anything. So in front of a computer, like it also helps being the DJ. But without the Serato DJ, mm-hmm. my I mean, laptop. That's a good thing to there. have in your pocket, right? I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you never know when you will need that. Well, I might need. I might need your expertise. So please stay in my corner. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to ask for anything. Feel free to mm. ask for anything. So. Um, I learned IT. In IT, there's a lot of things you can do. You, you, you can learn to develop a software. You can learn to uh, format your computer. You can learn how to... Yo, I can go on and on and on about what IT is. But yeah. if you want to go for it, definitely do some research yourself. And um, this is your viewers I'm talking to. Right. So, um, yeah, um, did IT, finish that. And, yeah, that's where it got to. During that time, I was also a DJ. From 2015, I decided to approach a few people in Rwanda mm-hmm. um, while studying IT because I only did it four times a week. Yeah. So, it, no, it was actually three times a week. It was Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. That's when I would go to college. And during that period where I was off and in the weekend, I'd focus myself on doing DJ work and I would get my name out there and... I would approach Rwandan um, journalist, had an article, even right now you can read it from 2015, had an article written about me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all you need to do is search DJ Dizzle and you'll find that article. And um, yeah, that was basically it. I was a rising DJ. Yeah. What hadn't made it professional like I was now because then I was just a kid and I was playing with virtual DJ and I didn't have a deck. I was just on the laptop mixing, which was... Definitely hard, mixing on a laptop only. And uh, yeah, that was me. That was me. You know what, Derek? I, you know, not to step on your profession. I do have to tell you something. As a disclaimer, you know, you never mm-hmm. know. You might need um, a DJ to battle, but I am mm-hmm. um, unprofessionally a DJ. Mm-hmm. Like if I wanted to, yeah. if I had the guts. What, are you the one it that plugs happen? in your blue? Are you the one that puts on your blue teeth in the party? Let me yeah. tell you, I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to brag, but let me mm-hmm. brag. You know, as uh, <laughs> as I was growing up, yeah, I, I think uh, my love for music has just, you know, gone up. I think I've lost it, but back in the days, but yeah. like five years ago to okay. last year, it was yeah. pretty good. You know, I had a DJ name. I won't disclose it because that's that's just people have to approach me for that. You had a DJ but, name? No way. After this, you're going to have to tell me. You are definitely going to have to tell me. Yeah, the as DJ long as it's off the record. <laughs> off the record, off the record. Yeah, yeah. You I'm definitely going right? to approach you for that. But yeah, yeah definitely. You know, I've, 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 I've seen the struggle of virtual DJ, so I salute you on that. Even finding, <laughs> you know, um, I, ha- I had a lot of friends of mine who were DJs, so I, I used to, you know, um, yeah. sit next to them and ask them, can you teach me how to DJ? And they were so yeah. offering, they were, they were so ready to teach me. Really? But, you know, you get to the deck and then you see the whole thing, you know, yeah. you have to go by the, 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 the beat of the of the song. You yeah, know, it's not as easy as well. Oh my God, it's science. Yes, yeah. that's where it gets confusing, that's where... You yeah. come from a man to a... I mean, you come from a boy to a man when you do that thing. It's a graduation, um, I swear. Being a DJ, a lot of people see it and they think it's just spinning the decks. It's more to that. You follow the beat, you follow the rhythm of the beat. 
you follow the BPM, you have to listen to, you know, you have to find the right tracks. You don't just, it, it, it's, it's a whole ball, another it's, ball it's game. An it's art. a whole another ball game. It's an art. Yeah, it's, it's an, an art. art. Takes, yeah, literally, yeah. literally. It's a whole another ball game. And yeah, people can do it. People can learn it. I'd say learn on a job. That no, I think you should start giving DJ DJing lessons, you know. I could do that, you know. I see people on YouTube and they set it all up and yeah, yeah, you know what? That gives you an idea. I mean, we have got like nice phones and all that, so we can definitely I can definitely look at you that have by the camera. Media, you have the platform, you have the people. It's all about, you know, when and yeah. how. And then yeah, the rest exactly. comes from there. But, yeah. Um so and it does take a lot from, you know what, what I've seen? It's mm-hmm. like, you know how musicians start from SoundCloud to then Spotify and iTunes and all of that? I yeah. remember my people when they were on SoundCloud. That was tough times, you know? Yeah. But it's also the same for a DJ to mm-hmm. come from, you know, mixtapes. Yeah. Go straight to a live audience, then to a whole performance or a concert. You know, it's, yeah. there is levels to it. and. Yeah, there As is. Yeah. Any other art, it should have the same um, appreciation. Exactly. It right? really should. It really should. It's not. It's not something to mess with. Basically, it's. I not mean, what's a wedding with. without a DJ? You know. Mm, exactly. But hey, let's exactly. move on. Yeah, tell me, tell me more. So we're here. You're telling me. You know, um, you've. You've you've come from a boy to a man in the yeah. DJing game. You have yeah. articles written about you. You have, yeah. um, I, I'm guessing you have you you've lived the DJ life. You know, I've heard yeah, about definitely. it. I've definitely. heard about it. Quite the adventure. It is. It is really <laughs> the DJ life is well. It's the nightlife really. I'm yeah. more focused on uh, the social side of it, like the social media the, yeah. i'm more focused on the internet side of it but definitely mm. doing a gig is something that's yo there's nothing like it you just you when everyone's jumping to the track like you play the that's music you, app, yeah. you just feel like an artist at that moment because everyone's looking at you and everyone's waiting for you to drop that beat you know what i mean so I it's mean, definitely yeah. the, one of the best experience and I'd really recommend if you want to be a DJ, yo, find time to learn it because it's one heck of an art and it's mm-hmm. so amazing and there's so much joy to it. The fame does come with it if you do social media. Like there's DJs out here that are quiet that will just go there, have a residency and you never know much about them because they're not yeah. on the internet. And there's DJs that upload their mixes and want it to get popular and I always wanted to approach it that way. And be big, and I mean big. So I'm inshallah heading towards there, but yeah. right now I'm just a normal DJ with only 7k followers. By oh, the way, oh, do hey, drop oh. a follow. These are on the mixes my Instagram. <laughs> just thought I'd let you know. Just thought I'd let you know. Um, you so know, yeah, um, <laughs> DJing was something. Oh, it's something you gotta that, promote yourself every moment of the way. Exactly, I, yeah, that's how I you. Feel that's my living, man. That's my living. Of course, I'm going to tell you how you're going to approach me, man. You know what I mean? But don't worry. I got you. People are going to know how Thank to you. reach you. And how to, I mean, you can't act, You can't get access to DJ Diesel because obviously he, he's a DJ with so many followers. So yeah. you have to take, you know, business days to get to him. But 
what I want to say is honestly, once you pro- when, once you believe your craft, once you yeah. feel like you know people need to hear it, people mm-hmm. are gonna hear it. It's all about promoting yourself, and nobody's gonna do that for you. Th- this world definitely does not work like that. But, yeah, definitely. So promoting yourself can be hard, right? Yeah, it's it could be. Hard. It really is. Yeah, it's it really definitely is. hard. But really what is. other hardships do you face on a day-to-day basis as so, a DJ? As a DJ, I think mm-hmm. it's... As a um, random DJ oh, in random London. D- <laughs> yeah, as a random DJ in London, I've always wanted to promote our music because, if I'm honest, our music hasn't went past our borders, really. You see yeah. Rwandan artists right now get mad when they see themselves on Tanzanian TV. You mm-hmm. see them getting mad when they see themselves on Ugandan TV. And when right. I say mad, I mean they hype it up like as if they've just achieved. And I know they can achieve so much more than that. So a random DJ in the UK, I thought, I've got a phone. I've got social media. I can read. I can write. Why don't you approach these DJs that you see on the news here? You know, because when you go on social media, like, for example, I can. there's a DJ called... DJ Edu, he's an Afrobeats DJ who works mm-hmm. on one of the biggest radio stations. Like, I've approached him a few times, and there's a few times I've listened to his shows, and I can confidently say I've seen, I've heard random music that I've given him. So I thought, why not promote our music from home? So that's where I got to text people, yeah. message people, email people. And I was like, you know what? Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do that? So I thought, let me promote our music because, yes, there are people that are promoting it. I can't um, lie. Yes, the people that are promoting it. But I don't think that it gets promoted big enough, like, in the UK. Obviously, I've now decided to chill a bit because of a reason which we'll talk about in a while. Mm -hmm. But before what's happening happened, I was literally onto DJs and telling them about Rwandan music, telling them, you know, back home there's a sound. Because when I look at Davido, when he first blew up, when I look at him and I hear his music, do you understand what Davido is saying in his songs? Can you sing a whole Davido song? (laughs) Can you? I used to sing, you know, I used to sing his songs before. So you know all the Nigerians that he's saying, all that Nigerian lyrics, you know them, yeah? We don't need to know the vibe. You don't need to know. So why why isn't it like that we run the music then? That's what I thought in my head. I can't hear every single word Diamond says. I can't hear every single word those South African artists say. I can't hear every single word uh, um, who Pantheran King says. I can't hear every single word. Um, you know, Burner Boy says, but my man's a Grammy winner, so why can't I just listen to the beat and listen to his vibe and dance to it? So that's where I thought promote Rwanda music because there are music which are you listen to, whether it's smooth, smooth, whether it's Afro swing, whether it's Afro beat, whether it's R&B, which you can definitely dance to or just you know, just chill and listen to without right. even knowing what they're saying. We heard Hispanic music come about, and that blew up. And yes, artists from America and all of that had to make it big like Despacito. That made the Hispanic music more popular with Justin yeah. Bieber. 
yes, um, Davido and Wizkid approached artists from America to make them more bigger in the West. But what I would say is random music isn't different to other music. It's music. It's good. It's it's it's, it's just vibe. Like it's if you go to Rwanda right now, you will find our clubs now play our music. So what is next is for our music to take to the next further, next no, get to this next stage. And I believed I would be able to help artists do that. So that's where I started connecting with artists back at home. And then DJs back here where I was telling other DJs, my fellow DJs to play their music. And, you know, there's like recordings of DJs playing our music, you know what I mean? And it was all because I texted, you know what I mean? So that's what I always yeah. wanted to do. I was parenting doing it and it was successful. It, it was well done. So yeah, that's me basically, Sheila, that's me. And um, so we got to 2016, 2017 was the same. And then 2018, things took a dark turn. Well, before we get there, yeah. As I said, it is really quite the CV, and yeah. if no one has told you, I'm I'm, I'm definitely proud of you. You know, Thank it's you not so much, easy darling. to um, make something of yourself. You know, yeah, and then just channel it into making yeah. um, something bigger out of. How can I say this? You know, something that's overlooked. You know, and yeah. As, as, as a Rwandan speaking for other Rwandans, I feel like yeah. you know, when we were back home, it's kind of like a nutshell, right? You're like in yeah. this box, and it's so hard to get out of that box. You know, yeah. so many critiques, so many people's eyes on you, and it feels like you know you're just talking every bit of the way. So. Exactly. That's what I think is going on with the music industry in Rwanda. And yeah. I, I really salute the people back home that are trying to um, fight the demons and go, uh, go above and beyond. Because the music right now, compared to 2010, 2015 music, it's, mm-hmm. it's, big, it's a big difference. We've met, yeah. we've met a big leap. People are taking chances. I mean, I've listened to, to random songs with um, a piano bits, drill bits. Um, yeah. I mean, Rwandans have stopped singing only about love. And I remember exactly. when when everyone said Rwandans only sing about love. I mean, yeah, mm. we do have a lot of love going around. Of but course. it's good to see that people are, are, you know, stepping out of their comfort zones and singing something different. And yeah. taking it upon yourself to um, promote that and, you know, show these people what they're missing is, is a big deal. So Thank you. kudos for that. Kudos for that. Honestly, Thank you, yeah. Man. Um, Thank you very much. See, this is very interesting. I was about to say, I'm going to pause this podcast so that I can go listen to one of your mixtapes. But yes. I don't think we have time today. But no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm definitely no. going to get to that now. I have no choice. Thank you. Thank <laughs> it's you. It's music. You. But yeah, so tell us. Um, I mean, we've talked about this. I've, I kind of have an idea of how everything went after your... I mean, you were at the peak. You are at the peak. I don't know why yeah. you keep saying, like, it's past tense. Yeah. So what happened? Well, what, what was going on in 2018 for you? So 2018, the year started off good. It started off with everything all good. And then it all started getting dark in 
um, March where I lost my grandmother to kidney cancer. Like, the kidney cancer killed her. Um, and two weeks after that, I got diagnosed with nasopharyngeal cancer myself. So nasopharyngeal cancer for people that don't understand it. And it was also secondary cancer in my neck. So I was diagnosed with nasopharyngeal cancer and secondary cancer in my neck. So nasopharyngeal cancer is a cancer, <clears throat> sorry, it's a tumour that's in your nose. And it's, it's a rare form of cancer. Like only 218 people get diagnosed every single year on earth. So in 7 billion people, only 218 people get diagnosed. And I was That's one not of those, a small number too. That's, that's not a very a small, small number compared to breast cancer and lung cancer. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but it's a definitely small number. Um, I got diagnosed literally two weeks after we buried her. And it was hard at the time because I was 19. It was hard at the time because she was in Kenya and I was in England and I couldn't bury her. So mm. getting diagnosed with cancer at the time, when it happened, I was like, oh, my God, has this really happened? And, mm. yeah, so it hit me hard. It really hit me hard. And then I had to fight my own battle. And then I had to start fighting my own battle, which was hard itself and... Yeah, so um, I got diagnosed. They right. don't know where it came from. Till this day, I've never been given an explanation where the cancer came from. And before you know it, I was out there getting treated for it. And um, I can confidently say that at that time, it had disappeared. After 2019, right. it had disappeared. But... Um, more in the inside. So as soon as I got diagnosed, we had a plan. It was six weeks of radiotherapy, six weeks of chemotherapy. Radiotherapy was every day. Chemotherapy was once a week. And um, it got too bad to the level where I had surgery, where they um, had to install something called a... It's a pump that feeds you food because mm. obviously the cancer was in my head area, right? And right. the laser from the radiotherapy would then go on to burn my throat where I couldn't eat or swallow. So they had to give me something called a PEG. You just Google it. It's a P-E-G. That's how you spell it. Like P-E-G, that's how you spell a PEG. And then they inserted a PEG in my stomach. So that was surgery. And then I started to eat through my... Um, started to eat through my stomach. I wasn't eating. I wasn't swallowing. I was just eating all my medication was liquid based all my food was liquid based it was, that's how I started to go through that treatment I went through it was successful the treatment because the treatment was to cure when you get diagnosed with cancer the plan is either are we curing this patient or is it now too late right so there's cancer to cure I mean no there's treatment to cure and this treatment to survive, like treatment to mm -hmm. go on longer. So you either terminally ill or you're going to get better. And at that time, I was given reassurance that the cancer was severe, but it was caught at the right time. So they were like, we're definitely going to cure you. And then when they gave me the message that they're going to cure me, I was like, okay, let's do this. And right. I took the six weeks of treatment. After that, I would do checkups. There will be hospital admissions. There will be what and what. But all in all, God saved me. 
I faced the devil for the first time and I always had God by my side. And when you have God by your side, trust me, no, I was going to swear there, no <laughs> MF can win. No MF can beat you when you got God by your side. So but you know, that's, I, a, that's a crazy thing to go through um, as a teenager. You know? Yeah, at 19, it was, it was definitely hard. And when you're a teenager, there's programs that... Um, we have a team called Macmillan Nurses, so they're mm. kind of special nurses. And yeah. there would be events that are organized for teenagers, and you see people my age with cancer, and you see how weak we were, you see how down we were, but we always had each other. And we were meant to feel like there's, there's definitely life after cancer. Some of them died, unfortunately. A guy mm-hmm. called Mark that I knew died. Um, Ellis died. There's, so there's two people that died that I met when I was having my chemo sessions and when we would do these events. But all in all, with me, God was with me. I won't say God wasn't with them because we've all got our time on this earth. God has always got a plan for all of us. So maybe it was their time. And um, condolences to their families. And, yeah, it's hard thinking about, you know, people you were sat in the same chair at once with are now, you know, looking over us. But, yeah, rest in peace to them. And, um, yeah, Big so at the time... Them, actually. They, they fought a long fight, you know? Yeah. I think indirectly you said when... Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Um, I remember when you started this episode with me, you said um, yeah. when you were young, you always wanted to be a soldier. Like yes. Indirectly, the, your wishes of... Well, I don't want to say your wishes came true, but you're living... The life of a soldier. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't put on the uniform, but fight, I went right? to war. Do you I want a uniform? As, huh? do, do you want a uniform? With oh, no, face? now I'm too scared. Now I'm too <laughs> scared. Now I'm too scared. Why? Do you have it? Hey, hey, hey. I can definitely try in the mirror. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what you know we can what I mean? do about that, you know? <laughs> we'll see what we can... We can we'll arrange, arrange something. something, yeah. We'll arrange something. <laughs> but yeah, um, so Continue. Yeah, so I went through that in 2018, 2019. And to be fair, it was a battle that I fought and won. And till this day, I thank God that that happened, that I managed to live another day and breathe and experience more in life. And then that's when I started to get back to being myself, 2020. Um, I was going back for therapy, speech therapy, um, I had therapy sessions with a therapist because, you know, when you lose your mom to... No, sorry. Well, she was like my mom because those five years, going back to when I was living in Rwanda, she yeah. was... Li- even though my mom was physically there, she was my mom. Those mm. There was two incredible women who were my grandmothers, but they were my mom at the same time. So losing yeah. someone who you looked at as your mom to cancer and then also having to um start the having, fight. yeah and having to two weeks later be told that you yourself have got cancer even though it wasn't um terminal i was still going for a hard time so i spoke to a therapist had speech therapy so the whole of 2020 was that and then obviously covid came about when covid came about i decided you know what i'm gonna let this mother sorry mm. again i wasn't gonna let this Thing it put me down so I thought you know what I've got a phone I've got some DJ decks I've got a laptop 
let me start doing mixtapes. So 2021, yeah. I started to do mixtapes again. Right. So you see the DJ thing came back again. And I was I, going, I was going for it. You know, I had big names at home, such as Yago, such as Lucky, Lucky, such as uh, other DJs, other artists, Gavido Guitar, yeah. promoting my mixes. They were, like, pushing me with, like, putting my mixtapes. at that time, at that, sorry. Sorry. At that time, the chemo had worked? Yeah, at the time, it was... I was in remission for five... I was put in remission for five years. Right. I was told it's all cured. I was told everything was good. Mm-hmm. The scan was showing no cancer. The camera... They used to put a camera up my throat and the mm. camera up my nostrils, both nostrils. Trust me, it is uncomfortable. Having a camera up imagine. your nose is one yeah. of the most uncomfortable things. Don't... And don't anyone compare it to getting tested to COVID. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I, the size I of like that the thing, fact that you had to clarify that yeah that's a good the size of that thing up your nose I never knew it would ever happen I never knew that it could happen yeah. I never knew it could happen so um I was definitely um cured at that time so I decided to relive my life again yes I was a cancer survivor but I thought let me relive my life again so right. 2021 was spent doing DJ mix promoting Rwanda music, doing um, Instagram, doing like push. I was just basically pushing my name out there mm-hmm. and it worked. It worked. I've got good Instagram numbers. I got good um, listening numbers and it was working. And then 2021, I was sat. 2021, um, it came to October moved out my dad's no I moved out my dad's house in September right so decided to be independent at 23 went to live by myself and before you know it I'm out there living life popping Hennessy popping Jack Daniels popping you know I was popping bottles of champagne literally every other week you know what I mean (laughs) and then I mean yeah yeah it was you deserve that was kind of that's that was kind of a big fight you know big fight big reward Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely my life changed after that and I thought you know what just live life because you know never know what's happening tomorrow you never know what could happen tomorrow so I just thought you know what you had that YOLO life. mentality eh? yeah I'd gone through hell I'd gone through you know I was it was just it was just hectic it was just it's bad crazy, at the time yeah. you know what I mean so mm-hmm. I thought just live life and live life and then one night I was Eating a takeaway, actually. I don't know if you have Nando's in America. Do you have Nando's? Are you are you saying I'm in America? Oh God, sorry, Jesus, <laughs> you're kind of the wrong. You, do you have Nando's in Canada? So sorry, I'm so so sorry. I do you forgive you. It's not like it's something bad. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. I should know this. We speak, man. We speak. Do you have Nando's in Canada? Yeah, there's Nando's. Yeah. So I was ordering a Nando's on a quiet evening on the 23rd of October just chilling yeah. in my yard mm-hmm. um I had what did I do that old. day I hadn't done anything that day I was just chilling mm-hmm. ordered Nando's just thought I'd order Nando's and then I started to eat started to you know sip a coke because I love coca-cola like yo coca-cola that's a die for man so yeah. I was drinking coke 
having my Nando's and then before you know it, I gargled and then rushed to the toilet. I started vomiting blood. Hey. Dark blood. I've got pictures of them on my phone right now. When I look at it, I go, what the heck? Was that me? I started vomiting dark blood. And then the dark blood was the one that concerned me more than vomiting blood because I vomited blood when I was sick before. But then I was vomiting dark dark blood. blood. And then this wasn't just one gash of blood. This was going on for time. Like, I could could have filled three cups of blood. Did you have a call with Nando's? Did you feel like you had to call Nando's at that moment? Oh, you know what? (laughs) You know what? We should do that, you know. I've Mm -hmm. I've definitely got that. I've definitely got pictures of Perry Perry down my toilet. You might be a so little late. I may as well just yeah. sue them, shouldn't I? I, <laughs> I should thank them at the same time. No, sue them. Yeah, I'm not about kinda, sue right? them. I should be like, yo, you saved my you life, saved man. You saved my life, right? Like, that food was hot. That It got my stomach rumbling, and then I had to <laughs> literally go to the toilet. You know what? Thank you. I, you know what? I'm going to call them one day, customer service, and go, you know what? Yeah, yeah. you need to write that them Perry, an email. That Perry Perry sauce, it is so hot. It made me vomit and realise that I had cancer. So anyway, I vomited. Oh my God. We're not supposed to be laughing about this. Listen, oh, if, you don't, if you don't laugh, you cry. That was a moment, yeah. What do you do Definitely if you don't call laugh, up Nando's and tell them, you know, five-star rating. Yeah. That was definitely. good to save your soul, yeah. So, yeah, um, mm. I vomited blood, called an ambulance. I also um, bleeded out uh, yeah. through my nose nosebleed so I had a oh. nosebleed as well and I called nine nine nine. I called the ambulance um told them what was happening and then they were like okay we'll get an ambulance to you in 30 minutes I was like yo I'm not bad I need to go to hospital now so I got an uber got mm. there showed wow. the doctor what I had uh faced told them about my history and they were like okay we need to admit you and then from there on, it was a Thursday, I remember. It just took a dark turn. I just That's remember crazy. all of a sudden going in and they uh, went to me, you need to stay behind, you need some scans. Walk up on a well, Thursday, was it Thursday? No, it was Tuesday. Walk up on a Tuesday. They went to me, okay, do you have any um, next kin? I was like, yeah, my dad. They were like, you definitely need to call your dad. Call my wow. dad found that he was working and he couldn't become available. So I had to call my auntie, who I lived with back when I came back from Rwanda. Remember the auntie mm-hmm. that I told you that I lived yeah. with when I came back from Rwanda? Yeah. Called her and I went, auntie, I'm in trouble. And she was like, oh, you're in trouble, are you? Where are you? I'm coming down there. I'm going to whack you. I was like, no, not that kind of trouble. I'm literally like, I'm, <laughs> I've vomited blood. So she thought I'd done something like, 23 year olds do yeah I get that you know what I mean she thought I'd done something bad to get in trouble I was like no not that kind of trouble I've done something you know like something's happening something's wrong with me she was like oh really and then I was like I need you to listen to the doctor and then the doctor started he went okay so looking at the scans we found some inflammatory on your lung we found some inflammatory on your spine and we found some inflammatory on your bottom left Mm. left your bottom yeah. left so in your pelvic area we found some um inflammation in your pelvic area but we also found a lump there and we think that lump could be cancerous lord so that was on a tuesday my auntie was playing out on a thursday so she was like i'm coming down there it's like she lives six hours away from here 
pictures that mm-hmm. I'm coming down there to see before I come out to Rwanda, before I go to Rwanda. And then she came down, she saw me, and then as she came down, we got to know more. So they diagnosed me with cancer with, in my pelvic area, a three centimeter lump. They diagnosed mm-hmm. me with uh, cancer in my spine and cancer in my left um, left lung, and they said it was terminal. This cancer was terminal. Wow. And I had to, you know, go, what do you say? No, when it's terminal, this is going to kill you. And I went, okay. So I was had to t- I had to take in so much information at the time, and mm-hmm. let no one lie to you. And anyone listening to this who's had cancer will tell you when they diagnose you with cancer, anything and everything that the doctor says afterwards goes in one ear. One ear yeah. leaves the out leaves out the other. Like you do not catch anything. You've got cancer, and I was in a pretty bad shape. They put me on medication. I was pretty in a bad shape. My back was killing. And they went to me, yeah, you're going to have to stay in me because you got cancer and you need more scans and you need more urgent care because as we see the lump in your pelvic area is three centimetres long, that needs urgent taken care of. And then before you know it, my auntie comes down, she sees me, we hugged for about 10 minutes, you know. That's mm-hmm. the longest hug I've ever hugged someone. And then yeah. all of a sudden she started crying. I was like, auntie, don't embarrass me. But, you know, you could see the emotions was too much. And my mom on the phone was, because now she lives in India with my little two siblings, my little brother Mm -hmm. and sister. Mm -hmm. So, by the way, I've got six, like five siblings. There's me, have Junior, Oliver, Tanya, and um, Brandon. So, there's six of us. And um, my mom's in India with two of them. And um, they obviously dealt with it hard. Two little ones, they don't know what's going on. They know I'm sick, but they didn't. They weren't told what I was sick of. And, um, yeah, I was diagnosed with cancer, and it was terminal. And as I got to... I can only imagine, sorry, I can only imagine getting the news. um, Mm -hmm. You have cancer is one thing, and then you have terminal cancer is a whole other thing. You have the process, and... The, one person can only process a lot. Yes. I mean, exactly. Yeah, it's continue. And then um, out of nowhere, the doctor said, um, you know what? You need to go into a hospice because we don't think that you'll be here long enough now. We think that you're going to be dead in less than 12 months. And we want you to go into a hospice so you can check it out and see how it's like and see if you'll find it, your resting place. So they put me in a hospice saying, you're going to be here for just a few weeks, go there, Mm -hmm. and then you'll see if this is your resting place. And then I got put into a hospice, and then when I was in a hospice, more information came out, and then they told me, which I want to play you a recording. Yeah, please go ahead. If it's fine with you. And a doctor came in to see me, and then this is literally what I was told. I can only put it into recording. I can't put it into words. Like, it's hard for me to talk about. And then mm-hmm. the doctor came in, and this is what they said. Sorry. Go ahead. That's how long I've got. Months, not years. I want to live. 
Manos. Yes. I'm sorry to break the bad news. Yeah. But you did think you want to know. Yeah, I did want to know, yeah. So if I've only got months to live, what's the chemo for? What's the radiotherapy for? For the pain? Yeah. And the chemotherapy might help the spreading. Okay. Because if it spreads more, you might not be able to walk. Yeah. So the radiotherapy for the pain and the chemotherapy to stop the spread, maybe? Yeah. Those are the those are the answers that cancer doctors work on. Okay. But this is a hospice, so we look after people. So yeah, um, that's what I was told. Mhm. And then yeah, that's how it that's went. A, you know, that's a lot to unpack. I'll yes, tell it you is. That. Yes, it that's is. A lot to yeah. unpack. Yeah. So that's how it went, and that's how I found myself in the hospice, and that's where we are right now. Well. Now I have, well, obviously I have a million questions for you. I, I might have had an opportunity to ask them. I, I, we've, yeah, we've talked about it, but for yes. whoever is listening, yeah. I mean, so you're told you have months to leave, but you still yeah. have to do chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Yeah. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Yes, it is. So, yeah. From how long ago was that? This was just in December, so that it's what a like, Christmas present, right? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. And a lot has happened since December, right? Yeah. Um, I've been given medication, which I've made my legs poorly to mm-hmm. the level where I wasn't walking. But now, thanks to God, alhamdulillah, I'm walking again. Um, right. It was so bad. I don't know if you looked on my story. I posted a mini-series on my story explaining what had happened. So because I've got high blood pressure as well, they found that I've always got high blood pressure. They gave me medication, which made my legs literally big. Mm-hmm. They were big. Yeah. They were watery. Like, water was coming out of it. Like, sweat was coming out of it, like, as if I'd stepped out of the shower and hadn't yeah. dried myself. Right. And that happened. Took me off that medication went through the process of having it because I would have been out of hospice by now took mm-hmm. out the process because I've now decided that if God decides that this is how long I've got I don't believe this is how long I've got because when I see myself I see myself a fighter I don't see myself as someone who's willing to give in just like that I see myself as a fighter right I see myself fighting this and um they told me you have to just decide is this where you want to rest and I've decided that this is where I want to rest but because of my legs were that bad they decided to keep me and I wasn't walking and I'm telling you right now I was literally not walking even right now when I'm sat down I'm like mm-hmm. I need to walk because mm-hmm. I've spent so long sat down it got so bad but um yeah I wasn't walking at the time and it was bad but right now thank god that he got me to a better position where I can now fully walk. And, um, yeah, I wasn't walking and it was, I was going through a tough period, but now I'm, I'm good. I'm definitely You're back, back in the fight. Feet. Yeah. I'm definitely back on my feet. So just, yeah. um, because we're approaching medication time, if you hear two beautiful ladies coming, please 
don't be red light. Don't uh, don't your alarm raise. It's just my medication time. So I'm sorry to the listeners if there's a little interruption. I promise you, I'll swallow these pills the fastest I've ever swallowed them. We'll be back shortly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so I just thought I'd say that to you right now. I no, know but you crazy. already you already gave us a disclaimer. So we, you know, we already know. We already yeah. know how we're handling this. But I, it's yeah. not like I'm going to keep you for long anyway. No, it's all right. It's all right. You can ask me however, whatever you want, however you want. Long. I feel like you have a question for yourself that you want to answer for the people. But um, yeah. I'll definitely. ask you one. I'll ask you one. Yeah, um, I think uh, we talked in December. Yes, and, we you know, did. Well, of course. You were living life back then. <laughs> hey, I'm always living life. Not You're always living life, girl. You're, I'm on. always living life, and you know, I have this text from you. Um, yeah, you wrote to me. Uh, Keep living life, or something like that. Yeah, man. And I, you have to, I, you have to, darling. I swear to God, I ha- I'm gonna have that framed because that's you know those are words of wisdom. Yeah. Keep living life. Yeah. But <laughs> what I wanted to ask you is that, you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of um, ups and downs with this. I mean, I don't yes, know. There is. Yes, imagine, there is. Right? Yes, but there is. Yeah. When I talked to you in December, the mindset yes. that you have now is different. And yes. I just wanted to know what made it different. Like, how? You know? Because when we talked to you, you. Uh, I guess, you know, when you see, when you meet a mountain in your life, kind of a big obstacle. Yeah. And you don't know how to go by it. Yeah. I think you were still in the, you know, kind of the accepting phase. Mm-hmm. And now you know how to go by, how, how you know, what you're going through is not yeah. affecting you as how much it was affecting you in December. Yeah, back then. I butchered that question, but you get what I mean. Yeah. So back what then, what changed from December? Back then, I was mm-hmm. living a life where I was like, okay, I'm dying. That's one. Mm-hmm. Second, my legs were down. And I thought, you know what? I can't live like this where I let the devil win just easily. I beat the first, I beat the first cancer. I can yeah. definitely beat him again. I it was that. bad the first time. That. And I thought, you know what? He's the devil, but I've got God by my side. Mm-hmm. I had prayers prayed for me. I had mm-hmm. all sorts done for me. I had mom. I had friends. I had everyone just came and just gave me that morale that I needed. And I yeah. just ended up going, you know what? I'm not letting the devil win. And then I decided to read the Bible. I decided to read testimonies. I decided to listen to testimonies. testimonies. Wow. And then I just decided, you know what? I'm going to fight this. And you know what? If God really is going to take my life in the 12 months or less that I've been given, mm-hmm. let it be. But if it isn't, I'll be live a living testimony. So what should I do? Be cheerful. Don't look back. Don't look back in anger. Don't think bad. Don't always be in bed. Sad for yourself. Don't do that. Just, have the spirit that you had before this happened. Have the spirit you had while you were popping champagne, but this time have it while you're drinking tea. <laughs> Basically, that was yeah. what I decided to do. And you it know what? Fair. It's worked out perfectly because right now, as I'm standing just to flex my legs, <laughs> I'm looking at outside and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm 23 years old. There's people that don't 
make it to this age and there's people that make it to 120. So why can't I be that person? Why can't I overcome cancer? There's people that have overcome worse illnesses. So yes, it's terminal and yes, it will kill me. But there's a lot of illnesses that will kill men all over the world at a certain time in their life. And we were all led to believe and we all believe that we're just passengers on this earth. Mm-hmm. We're just passengers on it. So one day I'm going to go, whether it will be this time next year I won't be here or this time next year I will be here. Either way, we are going to go. What I had to do was find Jesus because I wouldn't want to visit the person that made my life hell in 2018 and I wouldn't want to go live with this, with someone who made my life hell throughout 2021. Well, end in 2021 and start in 2022. So I found Jesus Went to my pastor. Yeah. Literally started praying. And, you know, now I believe in God. And I believe that... I've always believed in God. But I've never prayed to him like I'm praying to him now. That's what's literally changed from the last time we spoke, darling. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That's good. That's good Thank news. You. you. know? And honestly, <clears throat> from today until the unidentified day, you have every day between that. Right? And I think mm-hmm. you can do so much with the with the with the time yeah. you have. Because yeah. honestly, we all we all believe in miracles. Even the mm-hmm. people who don't believe in miracles believe in science. Believe in believe in something, right? Yeah. And yeah. if it hasn't yeah. happened already, you still got time. And it's what you choose to do with that time that really counts. Yeah, you're talking sense. You're really talking sense right there, sister. I yeah. can't lie to you. I always talk sense. I always talk sense, Derek. I can't lie to you. That is something I do. <laughs> you're but... <laughs> right or you're right. Yeah. But you're right real, or you're right. That's the only way. I don't know any other way. But what I can tell you is, um, I mean, let me tell you, a lot has changed since December. And it's not just... Yeah, it has. Uh, a lot has changed. And I... I um, on your behalf, I'll, I'll I'll do your press conference call. You know, on your behalf, I just want to thank everyone who has reached out to you. I mean, miles away, miles apart, people have shown you love. People have listened to your mixtapes. People have, yes. you know, gone the extra mile that you usually go. You know, and definitely, how does definitely. it feel to 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 you know to to have that love reciprocated? Um. A person called Yago back home, yeah, first posted me back in December and told people to literally pray for me. And the number of people that got in touch was so overwhelming. I looked and just went, Thank you so much, God. I've met so many incredible people, I've been reunited with you because I had texted you. Let me say, let me tell you one thought of yours. You know what? (laughs) I once texted you, I was looking through my friends that we went to school with, and they told me, Hey, get back in touch with this lady. And I went to get in touch with you, wrote to you a hi two times, not just once, two times. You know what? And you never Mm. replied. Wow. I'm so sorry. As I said before, <laughs> I know you by your government name. I saw yeah. someone write to me with a name that I couldn't even try to, you know, yeah. I, I didn't understand. And then you, your profile picture, I'm sure, was uh, was your DJ, you know, the 
your profile on Mixcloud, like the one yeah. you use for your D. De- I was like, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, that's yeah. my bad. That's my. But I, I yeah. did apologize. But yeah, nice continue. Story, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, as I was saying, people got in touch as you did, and I just saw a variety of people who wanted best for me, and then that's right. when I decided, you know what. After Five Foot Life, I was introduced to new pastors. I was introducing new ladies and men who would be there and go, can we call you? I would speak to them for hours. And, you know, I was not made to feel alone because here you can only have so many visits and so many times that that person can visit you um, so many hours. So you're basically alone. And I don't really have most... Well, most of my family are all over the world, Belgium, America, Canada, where you are, India, where my mom is. Um, There's only a few people left in Rwanda, and those people in Rwanda got in contact, other people got in contact from who weren't my family. And, you know, I've really made new friends, and I've seen a variety of people get in touch, and I've just felt overwhelmed, and I've done lives, I've done, um, I've spoken to people. Like, it's so good to see people care about someone and take an interest in someone's illness so I've I can say 10% of the feedback I've had mm-hmm. is making me live like this 10% of how I live is because of people that have got in contact with me no bad vibes no bad energy um, you know no time to, for that either you know I don't think yeah. There's space for that anymore. Yeah. Because no, the good no. always outweighs the bad. At the end of the day, if you have yeah. 90%, you know, it's always that Lady Gaga saying that she says, uh, if you if 99% people in one room do not support you and mm-hmm. one person supports you, that's the only thing you need. That's I think she says it in a different way, but you yeah. get the point. And uh, yeah. you said, you know, um, people reached out to you and... Uh, yeah. Obviously, I know we have that caring and loving thing, and that's that's that's, what, that's in our DNA, isn't it? That's in the DNA, and I actually really love it, you know, because yeah. in COVID, this yes. horrible, horrible time, yes, you know, it's so hard to reach out to people in person. So it always, you know, social media is your place, you know. Yes. So this is your time, right? Yes. This is your legacy. I mean, what? You actually, I I didn't get to that, but I'll ask you: What do you want your legacy to be like? What like what's your legacy? I just right want people now? to I remember th- me as a cheerable character who wanted our music to be seen and heard all over the world. That's all I want: someone who was approachable, someone who you could talk to, someone you could have a laugh with. That's all I ever wanted, and I thank God that that's what people will see when they listen to my when they listen to this podcast. When they watch uh, my interviews, when they listen to music, I just want to live a legacy where people be like, you know, DJ Dizzle, he wasn't a bad guy whatsoever. But then again, Literally. you're going back into that past tense, which uh, I'm not agreeing with. Yeah. You're seeing no. your legacy now. I know. I know. Yeah. Right? I want people to look back and definitely go, you know what, that DJ, that, it this was is a your prime time. A cool boy, man. And yeah, you know <laughs> what? I believe I'll, I believe I'll be this, darling. I believe I'll be this. Yeah, but if I what? don't, you know, you always expect the worst. Not expect, but always believe that it could be some something worse. But it won't be worse because I'll be in a better place than I am right now, and I'll yeah. be in less pain than I am right now. Well, I won't be in pain. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. when I do, if 
I do, if I do, please remember me and also be grateful that I'm in a better place. Never cry for me that I'm just be grateful and just remember me and just listen to my mixtape and that's all I want people to remember me by. But I believe that that won't be anytime soon. So we've still got more and I believe if this goes out and people want me back, I'll definitely be back after that year that I've been given to live. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you said so much about when you leave, but you haven't told us about what will happen what will happen when you stay. Oh, if I stay, it's just vibes, man. It's just vibes after vibes. <laughs> You're just going to live the life. It's just going to be You're vibes just live the life. You know what? That. Yeah. It's you just going to be vibes after vibes and all that, sister. It's just going to be vibes after no vibes. No doubt. You know, when that happens, I'm ready to come for a carnival in London. Yo, you, you know? need to come, sister. You need it's, to it's come. It's about time. It's Yo, about time. you need to come. Lord you need knows. to therefore Lord come. Lord knows. But anyway, so... Obviously, as I said, I won't keep you for yeah. long, although you've given us um, a wonderful walkthrough of you your think whole so? life. You know, I'm going to keep this. You know how the musicians make a whole platinum frame and yeah, keep yeah. it in their studio? I'm going to find something to do with my episode. Please send me It's a phenomenal record. I'll definitely send you one. Yeah put in your room but definitely yeah, yeah it's a good thing right it's a good thing to see your achievements with I've your i've literally act. had the best time i know it's late there at night but it's eight o'clock yeah and i've literally had the best time talking to you your yeah. your whole vibe i'm proud of you a big thank you to derek also known as dj diesel for taking his precious time to sit down with us and tell us a little about his journey about who he was, about who he is, and about who he is becoming. I am so ready to see the good that he is yet to do. I was very privileged and honored to have a sit down with Derek, for this was a very personal conversation, and I thank him for allowing me to share it with my listeners. If you are looking to get in touch with DJ Diesel, I will definitely put his um, social media names, holds, in the post and you can reach to him and give him all your well wishes and as for me this was Sheena Rudinda your host thank you so much for tuning in and I can't wait for you to see what's next in store stay tuned thank you so much and have a great day